Last Sunday morning, I spoke on being single and sound. And really, I thought I was going to move on from there today. I'm beginning to talk about uh, families and husbands and wives. But I got a question during the week uh, that I thought was an uh, important question. And as I answered that question, I began to be prompted that perhaps I should take a minute or two uh, to further address the issues of uh, singles. And so this morning, I'm going to pick it up from where I stopped last week and just talk on choosing the right mate. Choosing the right mate. Now, there are some of us here, we're already married, we, and we just think this may not apply to us, but it's, that, that's not true. That's not true, because let, let me just throw this out there right away. Um, and this applies across the board, whether you are married or not. The issue of mate, the, 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 the biggest issue here should not be my desire to find a right mate or my desire for my spouse to be the right person. But the aching issue here is for me and you to be the right person that we desire our mates to be. Did I say that correctly? In other words, rather than looking to find the right mate for me, my emphasis should be on me being the right person. Yes. And if you're already married, rather than complaining about your spouse not being this or that, your focus should be on you as a married person. Say, how can I be the best mate possible in this relationship? In other words, rather than put the focus out at another person, you should be pointing at yourself. Amen? Amen. So that's the premise for where we're going. Choosing the right mate. This is important because I just figured, wait a minute, as singles in this ministry, when did you learn how to do this? Where is the school for courtship or dating? Usually people will just walk up and say, you know what? I found a mate. I found this person. I found that person. They went and do all the searching on their own with little or no information. And then when they get married and get into trouble, we're all running helter skelter trying to help them, but we didn't prepare them for what they got into. Amen. Choosing the right mate. Now, so let's go to Matthew chapter 22. Let's start our journey this morning. Matthew chapter 22. Um, from verse 23. Verse 23. The same day the Sadducees, who say there's no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there was with us seven brothers. The first died, and after he had married and have no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Wow, that woman has some experience, didn't she? 
<laughs> she just like a piece of, just wheel her to the next one. Verse 27. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Let me just stop there. As I pondered over that passage, it brought my mind to the question that I hear people ask all of the time. And that question is, regarding finding a mate, should we be looking for God's special and perfect choice for us? Or should it be my best choice? Which one is it? Is it God's special and perfect choice? Or is it my best choice? I won't, I, I won't, I won't take your answer because I'm hearing you guys murmuring and uh, very important question. Because you see, how you answer that question can determine your outlook on this whole subject. For instance, if you are already married right now, you may be looking at your spouse and say, wow, is this really God's best? <laughs> and if not, maybe I should dump them and go find God's best. Do you see what I'm saying? But if you are not married, you may be so paralyzed because now you can't talk to anybody, you can't see anybody, you can't even think of anybody because, man, I've not, the Holy Spirit has not told me that I should talk to this man or this woman or that person because you are so paralyzed in your disposition because you have to have a prophet tell you this is the man or this is the woman. Do you see the point? When we look at scriptures and allow the scripture to answer the question, it's very interesting. Because in this passage we just read, according to the law of Moses, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 5, Moses gave that law. Moses actually told them that this is the way it should go. So given that scenario, did God have seven perfect choices for that woman? Or which one of them then will become God's perfect choice? Are you guys following me? Am I making any sense? So which one is it? We have a similar situation in Genesis 38. Judah and Tamar. And then we go to the book of Ruth in chapter 3. Ruth married Boaz. So, you look at all these examples and then you just wonder which one is it? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let me just cut through the chase. 1 Corinthians 7. All right. Verse 39. 1 Corinthians 7 39. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, she's at liberty to be married to who? God's perfect choice? 
to whom she wishes only in the Lord. Now, it, it sounds so religiously correct for me to say your spouse must be God's special perfect choice for you. It, sounds, it just sounds, it, it, it makes sense in that sense. But when we look at scriptures and look at all the examples we have, we cannot really take that away from scriptures and say that's the only way it has to be. My submission is, it better be your best choice in the Lord. It better be your best choice in the Lord. As the Spirit of God guides you. That's important. Because if you don't understand that and accept that and believe that, first of all, if you are married right now, you are saying, God, this, is not, this cannot be your best. I have a problem. Situation room problem. Houston, there's a problem. And then if you are single, you are totally, completely stuck because you cannot explore relationships that God is bringing to you because you are afraid it may not be God. So don't let's put something on God that God is not putting on us. Can we deliver God this morning? <laughs> I don't know what that is about. But <laughs> I'll catch up with that later on. <laughs> now, talk about choosing, <laughs> choosing the right mate. Let me just say to us up front that many of the marriages we see in the Bible are less than ideal. Many of them. Sarah, Abraham's wife, appeared to be bossy and somewhat cranky. Job's wife offered little comfort in the midst of his trials. Abigail, the wife of Nabal, who was wise and beautiful, was married to a fool. Neighbor, that's what the Bible says. First Samuel 25. Okay? So let's just take a quick glance at four marriages in the Bible and then we're going to draw some conclusions. Four of them. First one we see in Genesis. Chapter 2. Adam and Eve. In this case, who made the choice? God. So you will think for a certainty if God made the choice for those of us who must have God's choice. This has to be a fair proof relationship. But from what we know, that relationship plunged humanity into a fallen state and produced the first murderer. Is that not correct? Second relationship, Isaac and Rebekah, Genesis 24. In that situation, the servant we see clearly in Genesis 24 was led of the spirit. He made a choice, but the spirit led him. Because Genesis 24, someone said, I be in the way, the Lord led me. I pray for the singles in this room this morning that you'll be in the way so that God can lead you. Can't just park in one place and think a husband or a wife is going to fall on your laps. 
That's Hollywood fiction. But in Isaac and Rebecca's situation, you have never seen a more manipulative relationship and a household that was gripped with pain and grief like that. Even though the servant made a choice led by the spirit. And then the third one, Genesis 29, Jacob and Rachel. This is a clear example of when a man or the woman makes the choice. Jacob made the choice in this situation. He chose Rachel. You have never seen a more dysfunctional family than Jacob's household. Since then, up to now, and perhaps forevermore. It's true. Read, read the profile. Read the profile. And the last one is Boaz and Ruth. Now, this is, I, I, I'm really so grateful that God will include this in the annals of scriptures. Because sometimes we look at scriptures and we interpret them too narrowly. The Bible says, whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing and has obtained favor from the Lord. So we take that to mean that the man must do the finding all out of time. But in this case, Ruth, based on human intelligence, located Boaz and went to him and proposed to him. And as far as we know, in all the biblical examples, this was the most successful marriage ever. Because that relationship, even though it was arranged by Naomi, through that union, we have the descendancy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following me? All right. Based on these four examples, let's, let's, let's dive into some things very quickly. There are certain things we must know before we choose. I've said that we make our best choices in the Lord, being guided by the Spirit of God, but there are certain things we need to know. And if you don't know these certain things, you are likely to have a much more challenging time as a married person. And even for those of us that are married now, perhaps the reason we are so challenged is because we did not know some of these things I'm about to say. Number one. Number one. Critical. Number one. Know how marriage will enhance your future or your purpose. In fact, you should not be thinking of getting married. No matter what the hormones in your body is saying. You should not even be thinking about it if you don't know how marriage will enhance your future, your destiny, or your purpose. You've got to know it. You have to know it. Now, let me go to one scripture and I'll come back and, and define this. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, you have to know this. And I said this last week. And I'm going to say it again. Marriage is not just about sex. No. No. 
If you reduce marriage to just intercourse, my goodness, what do you do after 15 minutes? And 30 years later, It's got to be more than that. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Okay, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in his sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. In other words, by having this partner with me, how does it enhance the purpose that was given to me in Christ Jesus before time began? How, Brother Greg, can two walk together except they be agreed? Ah, yes. Huge. And you will see in Genesis, in fact, let's go there in chapter 2. Before God ever brought a woman to Adam, he established this. In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 18, Please follow me. And thank God for the rain. Amen. It means we can't go anywhere for a while. <laughs> Genesis 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. But what did, not, what did he not do it instantly? Immediately he said that. God knew it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to bring a helper comparable to him. Yes. God knew what man needs. But God will not do it until man knows what his need is. Wow. So what did God do? Verse 19. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no found a helper comparable to him. So what did God do? He did an exercise. Brought all the animals before him. Adam, look at all these animals. Name them. He gave them all names. And whatever name he gave them, God says, that's it. But in that process, Adam came to a revelation. I don't look like a gorilla. I don't look like a dog. I don't look like a lizard. He began to reconcile, wait a minute now. I cannot fellowship with these animals. I cannot, I've been given a commission to have dominion, to replenish, to multiply. Obviously, I cannot multiply with a, with, 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 a, with a lizard. So, in the process of looking at all these animals, he came to the same understanding God knew all along. He needed a companion. He needed a helper. 
And that word helper is the same word Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. Your partner is an helper, male or female. Don't get caught up here. They say the woman has to be the helper alone. No, we help one another. Both of us should have a sense of direction. Both of us as spirit beings, having been called and having been given a purpose in Christ Jesus before time began. Both male and female received their purpose. So the first thing that you must know, how will this relationship get me to my destination? It doesn't matter how good they look, how well they speak, how nice they smell, how eloquent they are, how much money they have in their bank accounts. The question is, the critical number one question is, are we going in the same direction? Because if we're not going in the same direction, your money won't help me. Your good looks will not help me. Your smell good will not help me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So for those of us that are already married, this may be a cost adjustment we need to be making. How are we working together to make sure that we get to the destination God has given us? We didn't think of this when we got married, but now we know. What do we need to be doing to make the adjustments so that we can work together? And for those of us that are single, please don't even think of it if you have no destination in your mind. Amen? Amen. And let, let me make this simple. It does not mean that you have to have a ministry plan 19 pages long in order to talk to a boy or a woman. That's not what I'm saying. But you must at least acknowledge that God did not place you on this earth just to breathe. You must acknowledge that God has an eternal purpose. That a purpose in Christ Jesus for you before time began. You must at least acknowledge that wherever God is taking you, you are in for the ride and you are willing and hopeful and just blessed of God to go on that ride. You have to. You have to be open to that. It cannot be about just going to work, making money, going to the movie, eating a good dinner, and having sex. No. If that's all you do, you're not living. You're just merely existing. You're not thriving. Wow. (laughs) There is nothing more exciting than to know that you're in God's Weird. That you are, you, are, you are living for God's purpose. You are living for his glory. Wow. Amen. When I'm in my zone, I could go for four days without sleep. I, I, I won't be, I won't be, be tired. I'm, I'm serious. I, I mean, just, just being able to, to empower and to inform and to help people get to that next level is, 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 is intoxicating to me. Yes. I get drunk off of it. Because I know that that's what I was placed on the earth to do. And you have one. God's placed you here for some reason. So number one, you need to know. Is that clear? Do do, do, do we understand that? Adam knew he wasn't complete. He knew he needed help. Oh, look at this beautiful one. Abraham. 
Why did Abraham send the servant to go get a wife for his son Isaac? Why? 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 When he did this, he will live for 35 more years after Genesis 24. But humanly speaking, there was no way for Abraham to know how much longer he will live. But he just knew, wait a minute, I've got a business to finish. Why? Because God had already spoken to him. In you and your families shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The nations are waiting, Abraham, to be blessed by your faithfulness. So as a result of that, his wife has just died. Genesis 23. They just buried Sarah. So he knew, as far as he was concerned, no more children. Or at least he thought so. So if, out of his family, the nations of the earth will be blessed, then of necessity, Isaac, the son of promise, must get married. Yes. It was that revelation that prompted him and said, you know what, Isaac is time to get married. There's a purpose now. There's a reason. We have to enhance your future and your destiny. Marriage for you is not just about having sex, but we need to fulfill purpose that God gave. Therefore, you need to get a wife. You follow what I'm saying? So number one, you need to know how the relationship will enhance. And young people, I'm, I'm begging you. There are many sweet-talking people out there, male and female. Male and female. They will talk you into anything. They make all kinds of promises. And my advice to you is, if the man or the woman is making promises, big installment promises, look for the little ones. Because if they are not able to keep the little ones, don't even think they keep the big ones. I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I get 25. Really. How many hundreds do you have now? I know you'll be a millionaire at 25, but you are 18. How much you have in your bank account? When $10 gets in your hand, how do you spend the $10? How you spend the 10 is an indication of if you get a 1 million. Don't make me promises. Show me. I think it's Missouri. They call it show me state. I like that, but show me state. Don't tell me about it, just show it to me. Yeah. So that's number one. That's number one thing. Number two, I need to hurry here. Number two. Number two thing you must know. Know what you don't want. Now you think that's so simple. Know what you do not want. I already know what I want, but I need to also clarify what I don't want. Abraham made it plain to the servant. Don't take a wife for Isaac from among the Canaanites. No go. The servant asked the question, suppose the wife or the potential candidate is not willing to return with me. Should I take Isaac over there? Number two, no. Don't take a Canaanite, number one. Number two, don't take Isaac back to Mesopotamia. Two things. Two things. He made it clear. I don't want these two things. No Canaanites. And Isaac is not relocating. 
I said it so quickly, I hope it makes sense. No Canaanite, in other words, no worldly person. No worldly person. Secondly, he made it clear, no relocation. Don't promise to take me to Naples if you can't keep your promise in Atlanta. I'm not going. Because you take, you unplug me from the support system I have in Atlanta, take me to Naples, isolate me, manipulate me, torture me, and there I'm there stranded. So I know what I don't want. I'm in the world, but not of the world. That's settled. But number two, I am not relocating. Now, uh, listen, don't, don't t- in your situation, you may have to relocate. Yes. Let me make that balance. But I'm just saying to you, you need to identify not only what you want, but also what you don't want. Because if you don't do, if you don't do that, people will talk you into anything. Amen? Amen. Number three, I mentioned that at the beginning. But it's, it's good to say it again. You need to place more emphasis on becoming the right mate than finding the right mate. So after you know what, how the relationship would enhance you, number one. Number two, you know what you don't want. Number three, begin to work on yourself. Start working on yourself. Begin to place a demand on yourself to become the right person than finding the right mate. Now, number four, and this is one that we all seem to discount readily. Number four point is very critical. And that is to seek and establish good friendship with this potential candidate. It's a friendship. What's that got to do? I just need to get married and, and start doing what married people do. Really? Friendship. Huge. Because the Bible tells us very clearly that we do not abandon the companions of our youth and the covenant that we cut with them. And that word companion, when you look at in various scriptures, really is talking about close friendships. Yes. The reason many marriages do not survive the trying times was because we never built friendship into it. We built a lot of lust into it, but not friendship. Not friendship. So if you're a single and you're looking to find a mate, you better be sure the individual has passed the friendship threshold. How do I know that? I'll give you a very few keys very quickly. Number one, a good friend is faithful. Proverbs 17, 17. A good friend is faithful. In other words, they're going to stick with you. Number two, a good friend rebukes us when necessary. They speak the truth in love. Proverbs 29, verse 5. Number three, a good friend is thoughtful and tactful. Proverbs 25, verse 20. Number four, a good friend sharpens us. Now, this is huge. And I'm telling you, when you're looking to live with someone for the rest of your life, 
they better be bringing something to the table. Beside their good looks yes, and their income, there has to be something stimulating in the relationship. Every time you talk, you live edified, you feel good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Confession there are some people I don't want to spend time with. Yes, they kill you. In that exchange, you are giving, you are not taking anything. You don't want a person like that to be your wife or your husband. You want a, a spouse, a mate, where you guys can tete a tete. Yes. Yes, sir. Talk. And when you leave that exchange, you've built them up and they've built you up. Iron has sharpened iron. Thank you, sir. You come home with a complaint. Maybe you are carnal and you did something stupid. And you're expecting for how him to pat you on the back and say, that's good. Keep, go back tomorrow and do worse things. That, that's not a good relationship. You need a mate that can say, ah, oh, honey, ah, if I were you, I want to bring like that. God will help me in the future. Maybe you should do X, Y, Z. You challenge one another to do the right things in God. Amen? Amen. So a good friend sharpens one another. Proverbs 27, verse 17, and Proverbs 20, verse 5. And of course, a good friend offers us wise counsel. Proverbs 27, verse 9. And we could, you could not find a better example of that than David, Nabal, and Abigail. You can read that story in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Very, very, very powerful. And lastly, things you need to do. Lastly. Lastly. You must know if they are godly man or woman. And I'm going to be addressing those specifics in the future. There is too much information to give in this one service now. You need to know, is this man, is this man potentially a godly man? Or is this woman potentially a godly woman? You have to know that. Now, it does not mean that knowing guarantees that you do succeed. But it gives you a good try. You have a good level playing field to launch out from. To not know that and plunge into a future with a person that you do not know where they stand on the things of God is very foolish. Especially when it's God that created your purpose. You cannot leave that purpose out with somebody that does not know that God or honor that God. Now, in closing, for today. Where do I as a single person look to find this mate? Or where shall I be in order to be found? Mr. <laughs> Rose is a grocery store. <laughs> I guess everybody has to eat. So, so you just go and park in front of Publix. <laughs> I just start watching everybody going in, okay? <laughs> a Walmart. She's, she's making it clearer. Go to the meat department. <laughs> Let's look at some examples from the scripture and then we'll break it down. Genesis 24. Genesis 24. 
Uh, okay. Verse 11. Okay, with verse 10. Genesis 24, verse 10. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. The time when women go out to draw water. Now, it's amazing to me to see how many brides were found at the well. We see here in Genesis 24. Five chapters later, Jacob will also find Rachel at the well. You go to Exodus, Moses will also find a bride at the well. You go to John chapter 4, Jesus will encounter the Samaritan woman who has been frustrated with men at the well. What point am I making? It's amazing to me that when his servant went out looking for this bride, he could easily have advertised in the Mesopotamia times. Here I am. My master is filthy, heavily loaded with money. Let's have a contest for who will be the bride. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He went to the well. He said, why? Because this is where the daughters of men come to fetch water. Yes. I'm looking for a helper. The person that will marry Isaac has to be what? A helper. A helper. Therefore, the well is a place of industry. Let me see and check out all these girls, all these ladies that's coming through this well. And of course, we know the story. We're going to get to that much later. I don't want to touch that now. God gave him the wisdom to have it, uh, if you will, a test to determine who among all these ladies will be the one. But the point I'm making is, this servant and Moses and Jacob and the rest of them it's amazing to me. They went to where people congregate. They had enough sense to know that if we are to find a partner or a mate, we need to go to where the people are. Hello? Like Rosie said, the grocery store. Although that could be challenging. So I don't know how you dress for that. You just dress and wear your tuxedo and just come. I, I don't. Church! People come there. It's a good place to meet people. I know a couple of people that have been married by meeting these spouses in the church. Right here. While you guys are preaching and praying, they have their eye open. <laughs> let, 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 me, let, me say, let me not name them. True story. Sunday Adelaide in Russia. True story. The very first trip that we went there. Were you on that trip yesterday? You didn't go to Moscow? Okay. The very first trip we went there. We were closing the meeting out. 
He is the interpreter. We are praying to close the meeting. And he's praying. Later he tells the story that as he was praying, he just said, <laughs> his eyes zeroed on one girl in the congregation. He said, wow. And he said to himself, Satan, get out of here. This <laughs> The girl ended up in his wife. <laughs> Amen. So church is a good place. Workplace. People are your workplace. They have needs like you have. Schools. And then one last controversial one that I want to leave at the table. And maybe we should talk about. I may even take some questions on that. It's raining, outside, it's raining outside, so we're not going anywhere. In any <laughs> ChristianMingle.com <laughs> you, know, you know what's amazing? You know what's amazing? We're all laughing and we should laugh. The amazing for me as believers is, why do we leave these innovations for the other people to do? Why? I'm looking at all these guys here, all of you guys here. Many of you guys are so creative, talented, intelligent, brilliant. Doctors and professors and all of the... All of, but we are always the consumer. I'm not the innovator. Oh, I don't know if I should say this. I've taken a whole week off. I've been off for a whole week. And I was listening to, I don't know if it was the news. And this young guy just came up. And he said, I like his brazenness. He said he will be the next Mark Zuckerberg. You know what he's doing? Marijuana. He's taking the marijuana to the stock market. The name of the, the, name of the company is Mass Roots. He just came out with the application. Some of you guys are looking, hey, let me, let me put it up right now. <laughs> he just did an app for this thing and it's just gone public. And the government has fought him for two, three years because they didn't want him to get into stock exchange, but he just won a battle. In three years, he will make you so much money, he'll become a household name. You guys are looking at me, the pastor, what did you smoke? I didn't smoke any of it. Well, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, why do we live? Listen, sooner or later, there's, that's the direction which the nation is going. It's legal in California. It's legal in Colorado. Georgia is thinking about it right now to make it uh, medical ca- cannabis. This, I need ties and offer here. Go and buy, go and buy this stuff. Judges just legalize the oil. No problem. You rub it on your face. You know, maybe you get, you get. The point we are making though is, the point we are making is, why do we leave it to others to create the platform? Now, when you talk about online uh, relationships, I'm not encouraging people meeting online and having a relationship online and never putting their foot on the ground. 
Let's get that out there now. There are pros and cons about online. But the platform as a means of meeting people that you can later on verify and check out through established third-party relationships that can help you put your feet on the ground, what is wrong with it? Let me tell you, there are some downside because people hide, they are crazy, all kinds of freaks. They are there. You need to know. Not cakes. Crazy human beings. And as you will see when we get into the subject, in Genesis 24, Rebecca just did not pack and leave and went to Isaac. The family had to sign on and say, you know what? This servant, you are legit. We buy into what you are saying. And then gave the consent for Rebecca to go. So what I'm saying to you is, whether you meet them in church, at work, online, wherever you meet them, if you're a man of, or woman of integrity, you must be willing to submit that relationship to scrutiny yes. of men and women yes. who are more experienced and who are spiritual and who can tell you this is not of God. But we should not just throw it all out and say, oh no, they are all crazy. No. It's a new day. One thing it allows that I know, on a positive side, it allows people the freedom to be transparent without being judged. I can put it all out there. I'm like this, I'm this freak, I'm this freak, I'm this freak. Let them read it. Ah, I like this freak of a guy. <laughs> at, least, at least I can be honest about who I am without the pain of being rejected after I've met somebody and I'm, I'm now telling them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Up front, you can know. This person is a no-go. Let me discard this. This person is a potential. Let, let, let's, let's, let's check it out. Now, it's not for everybody. And I'm not advocating that you should go and do that. I'm just laying it all out. Meet people at school, meet them at work, meet them at church, and the possibility of you meeting people online. But at the end of the day, whichever course you take, you must be willing to submit it to cancel. Does that make any sense? Yes. Now, I know on that last one, you guys may have a question. I'll take the question. Yes. I, I, it's... Let, let, let's put it on the mic. So people can... let's, let's take it. What I wanted to do was, because there's something about meeting somebody in church. Remember, you are very outlined, the, you're looking for godliness. In church, you can observe people, you know, are these people really God-fearing people? Are they serving the Lord? Are they active? At work, you can observe somebody's work ethic. Correct. Are they the people that are just carrying on? Because if these are things that you need to help you, you don't want people that are pretending to be things. In this case of online, though, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy because, yeah, you did say, obviously, you have to submit it to flesh and blood people. That Absolutely. That? Good question. Let me give you an example. True story. True story here. This person did not meet online, but they were interested in a lady. In a lady. And uh, myself and this pastor, I don't want to, if I mention a pastor's name, everybody will know what I'm talking about. Uh, at least they will know the, 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 they will know part of the story. 
We met, we met a young man at the airport, Atlanta airport. The man that's interested in the girl. The pastor asked the question, I'm just, standing there, I'm just an onlooker. I'm just, how long have you been born again? He said 25 years. Good. That's a check. What church do you go to? He mentioned his name. Very generic. What's your pastor's name? He couldn't mention it. So, from that point where he could not mention the pastor's name, the conversation just went down. Now, in that case, they did not meet online. They met based on a recommendation from somebody else. But the point I'm making is, by talking to people, you know where they are. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Okay, I have one that happened to me. Now, this one is my own story. The lady is a pastor in the church. She's single. She visited with us, introduced me to a man, and wanted me to talk to the guy to see if the guy indeed was genuine. She called him, put him on the phone. My first question to the guy is, can you give me the, your, your uh, new birth testimony? Uh, the guy said, I've been born again, I've, I've been a Christian since I, since I, was, I was born. Uh, I said, okay. <laughs> okay, this is not Johnny Baptist. This one, he, he was born again from his mother's womb. <laughs> Immediately I told the woman, I said, this is a no-go. <laughs> a pastor. She did not listen to me. She did not listen to me. The jury is still out. Back to the online situation. So we get the information. I will not meet them the next week, the next month. No. Not right away. There has to be an ongoing prayer, ongoing discernment. And then when the time comes for us to meet, we need to ask all the questions. Give, tell me your experience. Which church are you a part of? I mean, they, at some point, they must give you some information. I go to work for Oh, good. Who's your pastor? Pastor Charles and uh, Bishop Abike. Oh, wonderful. They you need to talk to those guys. If those guys are indeed men, of, men or women of God, they're not going to lie for that person. You need to know their pastors. What do they do in the, in the house of God? How do they serve? Who are their friends? There is no way you do your due diligence that you will not find out if they are fake. It's not possible. It's not possible. So we are not talking about meeting a person online and marrying them the next day. Let me make that absolutely clear. That would be foolishness of the highest order. It's just a platform of being introduced. And then from that point on, you need to do your duty. Does that make any sense? Pastor Charles, does that answer the question? Any other questions about that? Because this is new territory. We've never been here before. Anybody else? <laughs> okay. Yes. Is that morning? Where's Lawrence? Lawrence? Oh, he has a question. Oh, you have a question? You have an answer? <laughs> yes, dear. Speaking of the mic, please. That some qualities 
It's not just about meeting any, any, anywhere. It's about the ability, the qualities that that woman possess. That woman should possess the ability to draw water. You know that woman was able to feed 10 camels. That is, that woman was able to fulfill 10 commandments. We are not, we are, all of us are not going to be able to fulfill the 10 commandments. But there are some qualities that, the reason why Isaac didn't go himself was to send a servant. Isaac sent the Holy Spirit, not a servant. Not just another person that he sent. He sent the Holy Spirit to look for your wife, for my son. So the Holy Spirit is the only one that can look for your wife. Don't look on the internet. <laughs> That's all right, that's all right, that's all right. I think, uh, yeah, that's, she's making out contribution. That's fine. Gallons. Ten gallons of water. A camel would be ten gallons of water. And for, for that thing is able to be ten camels. That person of patience. So the, the quality of that woman is, is, is a, it was what they are the Bible said. That when it was a sign for us to find a wife or husband for our children, this is how we should do about it. Amen. Good. Um, Sister Morning was ad is addressing the qualities of a godly woman and potentially qualities of a godly man. And that is very true, and we're going to teach you on that later. But the issue we addressed just now is the platform of finding people. And after you find them, we are establishing and we must establish. After making contact, then the due process starts. Because the servant, as she's already said, met Rebecca at the well. But then, from meeting her, there was a process in which he checked her out. You see? So, it's important that we understand the two distinctions. For today, we're establishing platform. And then, beyond the platform, the process of identifying to say that this individual indeed fits the criteria. Amen? Amen? So that's the, that's the point. Did, did somebody have something? Oh, okay, yes. TJ. It's, it's my personal thinking. Uh, that's fine. I can look for a job online as a Christian. Online, I can get information to come to Naples in Florida. <laughs> Just like that. Yes. But I can't get a wife or husband online. One could. And I quite agree with you that 
finger of God to someone online, then you bring it to the parameters of God online, and the elders can sort it out. Yes. I think God can still work with us online. Thank you. Jessica. Jessica. Pardon me? Oh, you said that too quickly. Slow it down. You said it too quickly. I said, I don't know if anybody knows that we actually met on Christian Mingo. Oh, 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 oh. And why you are you speaking? Why are you just speaking? When I found out about that, I got jitteries. I got jitteries. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Amen. <laughs> I appreciate your candor and your transparency. I wasn't going to go there, but you went there, and I really appreciate that because what you say may help some people so they know that it's something that God can definitely work with. Yes, sir. And I'm just taking time because it's raining. So we. <laughs> yeah, um, God can use any means necessary to bring somebody to you. It all, it, it's all predicated on the counsel that you receive and what the Holy Spirit is leading you to that person. But any way necessary, God can use, use to bring the right person. I met my wife at a Christian. At a where? At a Christian party. Christian party. A christening party. Christening party. Yeah. Oh, naming ceremony. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay. I mean, God can use any means necessary to, to, and, and when we first met, we were arguing. So, so, you know, I have to tell, you know, the, 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 any way necessary God can use, just be, un, just be understanding that you have to go through a due process. There has to be a serious vetting process to anybody that you meet. Anybody. Whether online or down the street. Anybody. Anybody. And, 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 that's, and that's the key thing. The vetting process, you cannot shortchange that. It doesn't matter if a prophet spoke it, yes. if an apostle spoke it, yes. if your father found them and brought them to you. The vetting process cannot be shortchanged. It's very important you understand that. And as we just told you, we see marriages in the Bible. Even the one with Isaac and Rebekah. You almost want to wish they never got married. Because the problem of Jacob and Esau, where, where did it start? Yeah. Rebecca was the, was the one that, 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 that caused the problem. All right. But we, we did not disqualify her from being a good wife because of that. Because all of our families have issues. Yes, that sir. God is helping us and giving us victory over yes, on a daily sir. basis. So, yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, just, I just want to think about what uh, I met my wife in 1976. Hmm. At the party? You mean you did not meet at church? <laughs> first love of first sight. Yes, I drove my own car to 
<laughs> slow down, slow down. Let, let us laugh. And then give us a <laughs> but you're a fast man. I, I see you walking very slowly. So you're you're very fast. <laughs> You've been married for 39 years? No, we've been together 39 years. 39 years. Give them a clap for that. <laughs> and I look back, my marriage has been better or even stronger. Hmm. Amen. Yes, Amen. Better than they are married. Because they are married, I just married. I didn't know Amen. 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 Sure. Sure. I don't know. We went through Amen. We went through challenges. Amen. We could have been separated or divorced. Amen. But when we stop with God, yes. and we both put our hands in it, it was a game to me. Wow. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. God is a game changer. I like that. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Pastor. Yes. Hallelujah. I will come in from African perspective. Hmm. And I thank God for the message of today. And I don't think that the message is meant for you people here in America and Western world. Because it's meant for everybody. Yes. Uh, first thing, many people in Africa or Nigeria, because I'm from Nigeria, there are still a lot of people who do not have what they call internet. And personally, I believe that this God that they are serving knows that in the 21st century, there will be something called internet. Yes. Back to Sunday school. What the pastor has said that, first of all, I mean, I got married in 1974. I was 17 last year. So I married in 41. Amen. And then you trust the Lord to choose for you. And after that, you have to go through, as my father said. Processing either in the church or the family or whatever. These things are still there today. And I to this sincerely, if you go to the Lord, no matter where, you can find your partner, the Spirit of the Lord will strike you that when manages the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. And uh, no matter what happens, in of that, you still have to work things out biblically, spiritually, emotionally, in your mental life. And with God on your side, if you not fail, Amen. first of all, before you go in, the commission has to be there. As a Christian, no divorce. 
That's what the Bible said. In Malaga. No, that one. But today, what I find out as a pastor is that many people cannot endure. After one or two years, probably because the children are not there, the feel that better just not my wife. But that's not biblical. And that's not what the church of God is trying to teach. So I thank God for the message. What I'm saying is that I like talent or internet. Let God shoot for me. Amen. <laughs> Doctor Goodness, in case you don't know, you guys don't know, look at Goodness very well. <laughs> look at this man very well. In five years, this will be the political. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, guy, <laughs> this guy may be, anyway. <laughs> I did not do that message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Said she's the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Amen. But when I went to the doctor last time, I have no reason to. Papa, I think this is what I really wanted to say. And thank God for the message. This is, I believe, every church should hear this. I have always been, my spirit has always been fighting this idea of God will choose for you. I have always been preaching against it, but I've always been like this lowly. But I know I did, I was not making a mistake. But here's where I'm going. I think the understanding of the phenomenon that is called God hmm. should be taken from taken away beyond and broadened beyond the church wall. We have come to limit God to just be within us. And within the concept of Christianity, born again, church. As if God is not there anymore. Do you know God is there in the club with those that went to club on Friday night? <laughs> Let me say this. I've been in ministry for a while. Sir, if I mention the name, you know. I know man, his message all along for years and years was on marriage. How to meet God's uh, choice. How to find a godly woman. How to whatever. That is the only thing he preaches on TV in Nigeria. His marriage collapsed. And several times he said it on TV, how he met his wife, and God told him, God gave him the word, he would speak to the wife, and so on. But the wife did marriage to her. So, in the later, what he was telling other people was that, well, God was not in it. But he said so many things on TV, how God brought you together. And I know another man who is still a preacher now. Doing so well for God. Respected so much in Nigeria. He met his wife in a beer bar and they were drinking stout. <laughs> and they still have money. God is everywhere. Please let us understand that. But the important and the most important thing is what the pastor said. Whoever you meet, please bring it under the counsel of people that have eyes beyond you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that contribution. Daniel, you have something? All right. It's like what? I missed that. If what if you meet a man or a woman and he's like everything you want him to be or her to be, but he's not a Christian or she's not a Christian? Okay. Good question. 
If you met somebody and they are everything you want, but they're not a believer, what's the answer? <laughs> I'm hearing the word of wisdom here. <laughs> what's the answer, church? Run. 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 The, the answer there is one of the qualifiers is that there must be a man or woman of God. That is critical. That is critical. Especially that once you know. Like Brother Tony said, he was in the world, he was not born again when he got married. He didn't know. And he got married and God honored that commitment and helped them through it. But with your eyes wide open and you have revelation and light and you still choose to go against what God has spoken, it's not wise. It's not wise. Yes. And then Sister Beatrice. Yes. Sister Beatrice, Sister Julia, and then we, we close it out. Oh. How many? Amen. Is that Julia? Is that it? PJ, did PJ have something? Okay. The last two speakers just kind of narrowed into what I was going to say. Okay. Um, and my point, you know, is, you know, there's this concern I have. I know they say the person has to be a Christian, 
about just like Sister Manager said, which was my own situation also. I mean, we've been married for 34 years now. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, when I met my husband, he was really, you know, but... What do you mean by you know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The altar boy. Yeah. I mean, he had, that was who he was. Yeah. And I was in one of those white garment churches because that is where I was born and raised. Okay. Okay. But what I'm saying is that, well, I would say that we didn't really both know the Lord of But to an extent, I thought myself to be a better Christian than he was because I was the one that would be in the church every Sunday, Saturday. I, have, I was in the why I was, you know, I went everywhere the church needed me to be. I was, and I'm saying, what I'm saying is that when there is love, you can easily convince somebody, and the person can, because of you, do a lot of things they wouldn't do. He started going to the white church with me, because the love was there until we now got to know about the full gospel businessmen. He became a member, and that was where we really gave our life. So, but one thing is that I know somebody now that, you know, what we teach them is what they really do. It has to be a Christian. But my question is, suppose this person is not a Christian, like I will always use myself as an example. Is, it, is there not a possibility that they can, because of you, change, become a Christian, and even be a better Christian? Okay. I know it's very slim. <laughs> Okay, let, let me answer the question. The question is, if the person is not a Christian, is there a chance that by marrying them, the element of love in a relationship can convert them to become a Christian and maybe perhaps even a better Christian? The answer, my answer from the Bible is, it's a no-go. It's a no-go. Particularly if I have light. Now, let, let, me, let me submit this. There are unbelievers that are getting married and the marriage is lasting and, and being sustained. Because as Pastor Goodness said, God is everywhere. I want to make sure you understand that loud and clear. Okay? But I'm saying to you, as a believer who has light, and Paul admonishes us that we should not be unequally yoked to an unbeliever. And how can two work together except be agreed? So what I'm, what I'm trying to say to, to us is, don't use your example to affirm the Bible. Wrong, wrong thing to do. You get in trouble. You must always use your, the Bible to affirm the situation. You see, because let, 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 me, let me tell you what I'm saying. You can never make the exception the rule. God is gracious. He's merciful. He's loving. So you did it. You had no knowledge. You had no light. You did it. He blessed it. He sustained it. It's working for you. You must never counsel anybody else yes. to go and walk through. It's like going through, a, what do you call that thing? Like a daredevil, walking on the tightrope. Right. Just because you did it. Just because you did it and you, you are sustaining it does not mean it work for anybody else. Yes, sir. The only thing we can go by is the reading record. All right, sir. What is God saying? Anything other than that, you are rolling the dice. It's very dangerous. 
And like I said, there are unbelievers getting married and they, are, they seem to be happy. They are fine. That's fine. Fine for them. I'd like to see more of that. But for you as a believer, who knows the truth? To go against the truth is open rebellion against the word of God. It's just that simple. And because it worked for one person does not mean it worked for the other person. So you need to be careful with that. Uh, PJ, did you have one? Is that the last? PJ, are you still? Did you have one? Or is it Patrice that's... PJ has one? Why are you the one speaking for her? Are are you her Holy Spirit? (laughs) Yeah. God, give it her. I know what... Where's Sam Badaki? Oh. This is just a sidebar conversation that we will have. But I, I have a slightly different perspective in that the overarching thing is your faith and your commitment to the things of God. And if you look at it as an umbrella, what are the things under that umbrella? What do you guys have in common? Yeah. What is your purpose, as you said, sir? How is this enhancing your purpose? So if we look at faith as the only criteria, then, we're, then it's, 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 it's a recipe for disaster. Because at times that you cannot pray, or times that you have difficulty, or times that your faith is divergent, you have, you have opposing thoughts. Um, what, what happens? So if you're looking at, um, say for example, okay, you have things like you have uh, maybe extracurricular activities, you have uh, education in common, you have a, 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 a direction in common, you have a vocation in common. Certain things, those things help you gel better. Um, faith comes in where you, things are, um, you want to be able to agree on things, you want to be able to submit, to, submit things to God. Um, that faith is, like I said, it's the overarching thing, it's the umbrella. Okay, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. So faith must be present, yes, but it cannot be just faith. There has to be other things other than faith that bring you together. Exactly. I got you. Okay, yes, Pastor Mary. And that's the last voice. Over to Pastor Samba. Amen. Yes. <laughs> I just want us to understand that marriage is an institution. It's an organization. The only CEO is God Almighty. However you meet your man on the internet, in the marketplace, in the church, preferably in the church, amen. However you meet them, take it to the Lord. Pour your heart to him. He will direct you. He will. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, we're about to take up the offering now, and uh, I'm just going to take you from where Pastor ended. So I'm going to tell you the things that we want, and I'm going to tell you the things that we don't want. (laughs) Amen. So here are the things that we want. We want you to please write your...